microphone all over the place, so let's just... But I want to talk about a, a man who saved up for many years to do a transatlantic passenger cruise crossing, and he, he was really uh, excited, was part of his bucket list. Who got Please change the source resource. Is that not up there? Oh, okay, so that's just my, my screen up there. Um, and, uh, and so he finally the day came, and he got to the ship, and uh, he was sailing from, from England to, to New York, and he had saved the money, and they got him to his cabin, and he was excited about his cabin. He set his, all his gear down and um, took the tour of the ship. The cruise took off, and, and he went about, and he looked at everything and was just enamored by the fancy ballroom and all the dining areas and all the facilities on board, and he just enjoyed the open air and loved the beauty and as, they, as they sailed across. And when it was mealtime, he would go back to his room. He had his instant coffee. And uh, made his instant coffee, as the British always do have the instant coffee, not the real deal like us guys. And, uh, and then he would uh, carry on and, and enjoy his day and walk and read his book and come back at uh, lunch and, and pull out a can and, of, of ba- baked beans, open it and eat and really enjoy. And that evening he would have his crackers and his cheese. So he was kitted out for the six some days that he was traveling across the ocean to the uh, the, the Atlantic crossing, and he was excited, and, and the day, eventually they got to their destination, and the uh, captain was just uh, thanking for everybody being on board and, and uh, shaking everybody's hand, and came to this gentleman, he says, I have been to the ball, I've been to the dinner, I've been to the variety concerts, I've, and I haven't seen you. I've greeted most people on the ship, and I haven't seen you. And um, he says, how come you weren't that? He says, well, I didn't pay for that. I didn't have that. I couldn't afford that. And he says, didn't you know that it was included in your ticket? The whole thing, the meals, the ballroom, the variety concert, all, uh, and the beverages and everything was included. And I say that in, the, in light of some of the things we do as Christians. We walked into this world of salvation and we don't know what's included in the ticket. But not this year. This year, I'm going to drill it from this pulpit in every which way to make sure that we walk in the fullness of what Christ has got for us. Amen. We can't, we can't have that. Get to the other side and say, well, I didn't know. God said, good Lord, didn't you read your book? I gave you a manual. Come on. I even got Rod to talk to you. And I Adam to talk to you and everybody to talk to you. And, and you still say, I didn't know. Come on. Hallelujah, church. We're going to be able to do that. So I'm going to dive into... Um, uh, Messianic uh, scripture and Isaiah 35 to kind of pull us into a place where we would fervently run into 2023 knowing what Christ has, has obtained for us and so that we may walk in it. Not for only our blessing, but the blessing of all those that we'll encounter because we're walking in the fullness of what God has provided for us. So I really want to be able to do that. And so I've titled today, Living in What Christ Has Obtained for Us. That's what I've titled it today. Long, but I couldn't find anything shorter, but hallelujah. Isaiah 35 is is one of those messianic scriptures that that, that, that talks about things to come. And there's a lot of scripture in the Old Testament that talks about this. But I want to just, there's going to be four verses in this, in the, in this chapter. Then verses 1 and 2, I just want to read it. And then we're going to unpack it and talk about it. And so here yeah, in Isaiah 35 verse 1, it says, Even the wilderness and the desert will be glad in those days. The wasteland will rejoice and blossom with spring crocus. That's the name of a flower. I don't know how to pronounce it. Spare me, okay? 
Yes, there will be an abundance of flowers and of singing and, uh, and joy. The deserts will become as green as the mountains of Lebanon, as lovely as the Mount Carmel and all the plains of Sharon. There the Lord will display His glory, the splendor of the Lord. And we see multiple scriptures in the Old Testament and chapters and verses that are continually talking about the Christ that was coming. And it's important that we understand that. You have a look at Psalm 22. I mean, it, it vividly ex, ex, uh, explains what happened on the cross. We have um, Isaiah 40. It talks about the Christ and, the, and what He's going to accomplish. And Isaiah 53. And so it's telling of things going forward. So if you can imagine that this, this podium, this pulpit, this table is the cross. This here is Isaiah talking from this side looking towards the cross of, where, of things to come. And so we have that announcement from the prophet 700 years before. And here we are today. We are this side of the cross, looking back at what has taken place. All the promises have been yes and amen. It has come about. And so we're looking from that side. Have a look at Isaiah 55, 53 verse 5. And it says here, it talks from this side here. And it says, and by his stripes, we are healed. It's talking, looking at the cross. Now we have Peter quoting the same scripture, looking from this side. And he says, and by whose stripes you were healed. Meaning it is done, it is accomplished. And here we are still talking of things to come. And Christ said, no, you're on this side of the cross. It is done, it is finished, walk in it. Walk in it. And so it, it's those things that, where the Old Testament foretells something, and here in the New Testament, it is fulfilled. It has happened. It's positioned. We're placed in that. And so you got, we've got to understand that, that God in the Old Testament was prophesying. He was planning. He had, he had uh, um, uh, prophesied and promised these things to come. He wasn't caught napping. If you heard the messages running up to Christmas, God had the last card up his sleeve to sort out the works of the enemy. So here we see that today, that we stand in a place where we have obtained the fulfillment of those prophecies, of those promises and those plans God has placed in there. Isaiah states that the spiritual condition he was talking from, there was a wilderness, there was a desert, there was a wasteland. He's talking from this. He says, but when I'm talking, I'm talking about there is a time that's gonna come where this is gonna be blossoming. It's going to be um, um, just flowers and, and just all the beauty that's going to go with it because of what happened at Calvary. And it's important that we understand that, that we're on this side of it. And many of us are trying to, we're walking as if we're still this side of it. But we are on the other side of the cross and we need to, to, to grab it with both hands. Many times the, the, the visual land depicts the spiritual condition. And if you understand when the Scriptures talk about principalities and powers and rulers of darkness, if you've traveled like Dave has traveled around the world, you'll walk into different areas and you can sense the realm of what it's like. Just try Haiti. And you can actually see and it depicts the spiritual condition. You fly over Haiti and, and the Dominican Republic is one landmass. And you can clearly see the boundary between the both. Because it is, it is all scorched and brown and, and, and not lush and green like the Dominican is. Why? Because in 1825, the slaves that were bought from West Africa dedicated that nation to Satan if they would rid them of the French domination. 
It's there. We saw it on the plaques. We saw everything. And that next morning, the French came down with a virus and ill, and the, the slaves slaughtered all the French. The blood ran knee-deep in Cap Haitian. But since then, that nation was dedicated to Satan. It is brown. It is unproductive. It's cursed like you cannot understand. Um, one of the more difficult places, Dave, took me on a trip. But I want to just say that we can, it depicts what's happening in the spiritual, the spiritual conditions. And last week, Dave, uh, Adam did a great job of talking about regaining the ground, talking about um, cut, cut and running, Get rid of, lose that dead weight that you're dragging along. It's like dragging an anchor. Get rid of it. And then run and walk in the way of God. And so he did such a great job. And I just want to say, if we do not maintain the ground, then we're going to have to regain it again. And we're going to have to, we're going to, we're going to, have to push, push back because we get slack. We get slack in, in our fervency. We get slack in our faith. We're not feeding our faith. We're not stirring our faith. We're not exercising our faith because we're slack. We can't do that going into 2023. We've got to pick up our bootstraps and we've got to, we've got, we've got to be fervent enough. It's like when we first bought our home. Three sides of it had no property developed. And so there were trees and palmettos. And uh, I mean, I had a constant fight. I had to continually go in there with weed whackers and pangers because if I gave it a moment, all that stuff would encroach onto my garden. The, the, the vines would grow. And I'm thinking, just that's what happens. The enemy is just wanting to encroach into your life. He just wants to press into your life. So I would have to get in there with pangers and hack and, and, and weed whackers and, 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 and push it back. And that's when I found out I was allergic to poison ivy. <laughs> oh. Now listen, I'm allergic. Like I'm, I'm, I'm in welts for like four weeks. I need to go to the doctor to get meds and stuff like that. So even when I go past the fumes and breathe it in, my lungs close. So I, 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 I'm, and I'm brutal. So I got some special chemicals from a friend I know. And I made my whole surroundings a nuclear waste site. I nuked the suckers. No poison ivy was going to come within 100 yards of my house. But praise the Lord. My prayer has been answered. The trees are gone. The palmettos are gone. And I am, I am free of the encroaching enemy. Hallelujah. I just want to tell you, <laughs> the guys that came to pull the trees down, I was doing a happy dance. They said, what? Not often do we come and pull trees down for property development that people do a happy dance. I said, these trees have caused more headache than I, I, I want to list because of hurricanes. Seven trees have fallen on our house because of hurricanes and all this around. So I, no, I don't want it in no tree. I'd rather have houses next door. Thank you so much. But I'll tell you what. i tell you our life in church and in our faith is like swimming in a river church. You can jump in a flowing river and swim just enough to stay in the same place. And if you quit swimming, guess which way you're going? Downstream. And it's going to take effort to move forward. It's going to take effort to swim. It's going to take an effort to go forward. So um, to gain what Christ has gained for us, we're going to have to push against the resistance of the world, its system, and the enemies pressing against us. But we are on the winning side. We have the King of Kings on our side. So we push, we push hard. And so we press towards what Christ has gained for us, what He's obtained for us. And Philippians 3.14 says, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press to the reach and the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize to which Christ through, uh, through, uh, through God, which God, through Christ Jesus, is called us. 
And He's calling us and He's beckoning us. If I can be a voice to, for God today, He's beckoning us to, to run hard into 2023. Do not back down. Do not back off. I mean, no matter what it looks like, we go by the faith, uh, the Word of God. We do not, we're not, we're not fair-weather Christians. We have to rely on looking out the window and saying, okay, everything looks fine, we can go. No, no, we are, we are instrument-rated Christians. We just look at the Word of God and say, it is written. It is written, and we push forward. Rod, you better stay with your notes, otherwise we're going to be in trouble here. Hallelujah. But Isaiah, he spoke um, of the change that was coming through Christ. He spoke about the land that to be glad and, re- and will rejoice and have blossoms. He spoke about the abundance of flowers and singing and joy, contrasting to the wilderness, to, to the desert, to the wasteland. And that depicts spiritually what, what they were in because they didn't have Christ. They didn't have Holy Spirit. Can you believe for 400 years, total silence between Malachi and, and Matthew? God said, zip, Nothing. You, you, you don't understand we live in an environment where there is a, a, Christ is spiritually alive around here. Even though we have all the other stuff that goes on, there is access to an almighty God. There is access where we can come worship here and fellowship here and, and exalt God here. And it stirs us up and builds us up. And when they talk about Lebanon, Lebanon now is a nation, but those days Lebanon was a, an area right north of Israel that was just beautiful. I mean, that's where um, Solomon and David got all the beautiful timber that, that, would build, that would build the temple and stuff. So there was a beauty. So when he spoke about Lebanon, people had a visual of what it was like. When he spoke about uh, Mount Carmel, it was a rich, fertile piece of land, and they could understand with the growth in that. And then the, when, when Song, Song of Solomon talks about the sweet rose of, of Sharon, it talks about the, the plains of Sharon where it was just beautiful. There's valleys that were just beautiful with flowers. And he's talking about that's what's to come. And church, we're here. We're in it. Open your eyes and see that's where we are. So in 2023, we have kind of two mandates. One, we have to regain we have to regain what's been lost, what Adam spoke into last week. He spoke, man, we've got to get back to the joy of our salvation. We've got to be happy campers, realizing, man, no matter what happens to me, I win. It's good and it's great. And we need to understand that. We need to get the joy of our, we need to get our intimacy back. We need to get our, 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 our fruitfulness back and we need to roll up our sleeve and say, man, we need to advance the kingdom of God. We need to, to stand and, and, and declare Him as good and great and awesome. So we need to, we need to walk into what of God has obtained. And so there is the Lebanon, there's the Mount Carmel, there's the plains of Sharon that's available to us. And that verse two, it says, there the Lord will display His glory, the splendor of our God. I want you to walk into faith into 2023, knowing, man, if I come across somebody in Walmart that is not well and I hear them, I ask them to, bold enough, to, I want to pray for you. The believers will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. And you go past somebody and you say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying? I must give them this word of encouragement. Let's be the life, the carriers of life into a needy, dying world. Come church, we've got to do that. There's no plan B. We are it. We are it, church. Come, let's jump into it. And so the other thing is that we need to walk in. Some of us have not even had a glimpse of what God has done for us. The gifting and all the, 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 the mandates and the purposes that, that God wants to say, listen, you need to walk into it. James, where are you? There's things God wants you to walk into. Not back off. What happened to the sunrise visit, Mr. James? 
Sorry, James. Sorry, James. Some met with the Lord and some didn't. I oh. <laughs> oh, love you, James. Love you. You know it's coming. Hallelujah. How do we obtain this church? How do we obtain the fullness and walk into the fullness of what God has obtained for us? We got to make, it's got to be a reality. My people perishing for lack of knowledge. He says, here I am, and I've sailed across the Atlantic, and I haven't enjoyed any of the benefits. You can't live in Grumble Alley and hard, hard to get along by streets. You can't live there, because God has translated us into His kingdom of His light from the kingdom of darkness, and so we need to move ourselves there. So I'm going to go the next uh, uh, three, two verses, and three and four. Uh, so how do we obtain this? We need to start by strengthening the important aspects of our faith. We need to come and Go and visit the foundations. Come visit some of the stuff that's going to help us run into 2023 with gusto and, 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 and with strength and confidence. And so we need to visit them. And so Isaiah 3 and 4 helps us look at this and say, with this news of verses 1 and 2, strengthen those who have, t- have tender hands. T- You're watching, eh? You're watching me, eh? <laughs> Tired hands. And encourage those who have weak knees, say to those with fearful hearts, be strong and do not fear, for God is coming to destroy your enemies. He is coming to save you. Oh, can I reread that? Can I reread that? For God has come and He has destroyed and He has saved us. That's what has happened because while we're this side of the cross, that's happened and so that is good news for us today. And so here the Scripture mentions three, three parts of our body, hands, knees, and heart. Do this. Whoa, tap your knees. Just in case you forget, and wherever your heart is. Can I talk about those three things? Let's visit those things and strengthen them in our faith. So we can, we can pull up our bootstraps and, and, and get running here. Hallelujah. Talk about hands. It represents worship. Hands represent worship. And here in Nehemiah 8.6 says this, Then Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, and all the people chanted, Amen, Amen, as they lifted their hands, and they bowed and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. For us to obtain what Christ has obtained, we've got to get our worship on, church. What is that worship? It doesn't mean we are here in a little holy huddle singing kumbaya with a guitar and a keyboard. It's much, much more. It's our life out there when we are diligent at work. We get there on time. We do the best we do, and we do more than expected. That's worship because we're doing it unto God. And when we come here, we serve the body of Christ. We love the body of Christ because that's worship. Why? We take of our, 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 our earnings and we bring it to the Lord. Why? Because that's our worship. Then we gather together and we make melody in our hearts and we sing together and we raise our voices and we sing so- and we declare psalms. That's also an aspect of our worship. And so we need to get our worship on, church, because, we, because it changes our perspective. And you may have come in here and had a look at planet Earth and thinking, man, it's not looking good. But you walk in here and suddenly you hear a message that God is with us, He's for us, He's not against us. It stirs you up. It, 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 it changes the aspect from half empty to half full. And I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. So don't avoid fellowship. 
Don't avoid hanging out with, with those that worship God. We need to be those that display worship. How sad is that, that person that got injured on, on, the, on the football field? But what has it stood? I mean, I saw national prayer. Yeah. A guy standing, I mean, he says, I don't know how to pray, but I'm going to pray. Man, we need to get some gunshot in us and stand up. Not back down. Forget that. Raising our hands is one of the expressions of worship. Oh, now we're touching. People come in here and they feel all comfortable. These people raise their hands. All right. But you have no problem flapping these hands when it's a sports game or a concert and you're excited. And do the Mexican wave. And yes, they do the Mexican wave. You have no problem flapping your arms with that. And the, and the excuses you have. Can, you, can we do the Mexican wave in this church? You don't have to stand up. Just do your arms, starting there. Oh, go. And now we will. Yeah, we'll, we'll. I got you. You raised your hands in church. <laughs> yeah, I got you. You raised your hands in church. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, right, excuses. Some don't raise their hands to express worship. Why? Because that's some excuses. I thought I'd just miss some. I lift my hands when I, when I get to heaven. That's when I'll... Well, Psalm says this in Psalm 63, 4. I will bless you while I live. I will lift my hands in your name. So while you live, you better raise your hands. I lift my heart to the Lord. Not my hands. Lamentations 3, 4 says, Let us lift up our hearts and our hands to God in heaven and say, Scripture doesn't tell us to lift our hands in church. Psalm 134, 2 says, Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. So let's get our flappers on, okay? And sort it out. Hallelujah. Oh, those are all Old Testament scriptures you quoted, Rod. Well, 1 Timothy 2, 8, I believe, is in the New Testament. In every place of worship, I want men to pray with holy hands lifted up to God. Okay, men, <laughs> you got no that's no excuses. We are there. Raising hands is a posture of surrender, posture of like a child, dad, pick me up. That's what it is. You know, you understand that that. It's, it's surrendering to his will, to his leadership, and his lordship. So to live in, in, the, in what Christ has obtained, we need to strengthen our worship. Let God arise and the enemies be scattered. Amen. So let's do that, church. Hallelujah. Now what about knees? Knees refer to prayer. Encourage those who have, have weak knees. In 1 Kings 8.54, it says, And when Solomon finished Making these prayers and petitions to the Lord, he stood up in front of the altar of the Lord where he had been kneeling with his hands raised towards heaven. He is a king. He is the wisest man ever walked the planet earth, found himself postured in prayer on his knees, praying to Almighty God. It was part of his life. And if we want to strengthen our, our lives, we need to get that prayer life um, front and center. Philippians 4, 6, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. 
I tell you, we need to do that. If, 1 Thessalonians 5.17. You start, you're laughing at me because I'm going horse, hey, Valerie? Oh, the hallelujah. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, never stop praying. You say, fine, Paul. That's right for you to say. I mean, you just walked around up and down the roads to all these different churches. You had time to pray. I've got things to do. I've got kids to feed. I've got all this stuff to do. Can I give you a leaf out of Smith Wigglesworth, one of my faith heroes? When he was asked, I mean, he only raised 25 people from the dead. He's, God used him to heal thousands of people. And when they said, do you pray for long? He says, no, I don't go long without praying, though. I want you to understand that there is a place where we can have breath prayers continually. You have this conversation. You know how you have this internal dialogue in your head? And in fact, it's about 1,200 words a second, how negative you can talk about yourself in your head. Well, just convert that to prayer. That'll help you a whole bunch. We humans think and think and think and ponder and ponder and worry and worry and fret and fret, and we don't pray. And we need to pray. I'll tell you about this in Proverbs 16.3. Uh, it says, commit your actions to the Lord and your plans will, will, will succeed. I want you to look at that word commit. Found, about, found out about it this week. Hebrews in, in the Old Testament talks about commit 18 times. 11 of those are translated in an action that a camel does when they load him up. And time to offload it, they, they don't unpack it from, from the ground they get the camel to lie down and then roll over and then they offload it. And that commit is rolling the burden over onto the Lord. That is what we do in prayer. Why? Because we are sheep. I know that you want to be the lion of the tribe of Judah and I know you want to be all this, the elephant and whatever. No, you're sheep because the Bible calls us sheep. And sheep are not pack animals. You do not go and ask, to, okay, can I hire some sheep to be my pack animals to go up Everest? You don't do that. Because sheep, are, and so as sheep are not designed to carry, and that's why he says, You cast your cares on me, for I care for you. So we need to roll it off. But what we do is we bring it in prayer. We say, Father, I'm laying it at you, feet, I'm committing it to you, and I, I, I'm leaving it there. Yes, I, I am leaving it there. Day goes by. So, Father, I left it there. Oh, well, I better just pick it up again, you know? That's what we do. We keep picking it up. Roll it off on the Lord. Roll it off on the Lord because He wants us not to carry it. So church, I'm calling us to, to what we normally do every February, calling us to prayer and fast for February. Everybody jumps into January, and that's torture because we've just pegged ourselves out for Christmas and New. And now to, to torture yourself into prayer and fasting, and got to get find out where Compass and your North is and your bank balances and everything else. I thought, okay, we'll just wait until February. So every February, prayer and fasting is what we call. And we want to ask you to, to find a day that you would commit and pray, or you would find something that you would fast and stop. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that you don't really need in your life. Cut it out, and let's just commit ourselves to some prayer and fasting. And so we'll talk more about it as we approach February. And the last thing I want to talk to you about that was referenced in the Scripture was the heart it refers to what, what we meditate upon in our, in, our, in our inner being. They say our heart has, has similar cells like brain cells. It understands. That's why you, you ache here. There's something here 
God's designed us for our spirit man here on our heart here. And that's where the enemy trips us up because of our, our meditation, our ponderings is there. It says here in 30 verse 4, it says, Say to those who fear with fearful hearts, be strong and do not fear. Your God is coming to destroy your enemies and he's coming to save you. And so as we march into 2023, God's saying, fear not. Fear not, church. I'm totally with you. If I'm for you, tough who's against you? You're the winning side. Come on. So you, 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 the scripture said 365 times it says fear not. That's one for every day. So you just have no reason. You've got a scripture every day. And so fear is meditating on the wrong stuff. You've got this great thing about meditating, which is fantastic, but it's in the wrong stuff. Joshua is about to take over from Moses and to go into the promised land that the Father has, God the Father has promised them for years and years. He says, I've given you a promised land, promised land. He says, now go and take the promised land. Unbeknown to Joshua, he has 40 major battles that he's got to go and fight before it's totally taken. And so there is that you've got to understand that he, God has said, I've given this all to you. I've given 2023 to you, but you've got to go and take it. You can't just passively think, oh, I'm going to wander, wander in here like I'm on the French, French Riviera. No, no. You've got to press in. You've got to grab it. You've got to take it. And so, I mean, you talk about Moses talking to Joshua. God's talking to Joshua. Even the children of Israel are talking to Joshua because Joshua is now about to lead it. And uh, three times Moses says, fear not. God says to, to, to Joshua, fear not. Children of Israel say to, to, to Joshua, fear not. You better get the fear not message. And so here in Deuteronomy 31, 6 says, so be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not panic before, before them. Deuteronomy 30, uh, 31, 7. Moses called for Joshua and all Israel watched. He said to them, be strong and courageous. 31.23, then the Lord commissioned Joshua, son of Nun, with these words, be strong and courageous. Man, and David in the Psalms, he talks to his soul and to his, to his heart, why are you downcast, my soul? Put your trust in God. And so sometimes we're looking at the wrong thing. We're meditating on the wrong thing. We are focusing on the wrong thing. Joshua 1.6, Moses said, be strong and courageous. You are the one who will lead these people to the promised land. It's a being announced over your life. 1.7, be strong and be courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. 1.9, this is the command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I was just going to give you one of those. But I think some of you just are just, are just not hearing it. So I, had, I thought I'd read all of it. We, what are we pondering on? What are we meditating on? What are we worried about? What are we focused on? If I'm sitting around and the only thing I'm doing is focusing on this, that's all I'm going to see. If you look at that, Square box or that digital device, and that's all you look at. God, have mercy on you, man. There's a bigger world than that, much bigger. And you're part of it. And God has called you to do it. And so we need to stir ourselves up. So faith paralyzes faith. Fear paralyzes faith. It just paralyzes you. How do we be strong? Proverbs 4, 23 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. So we're watching everything, we're looking at everything, we're taking everything in, we're in our eye gates and our ear gates, 
And God's saying, guard your heart because it's affecting your heart. It's affecting how you believe. It's affecting how you're seeing. And he says, look at it. So that's why it says, strengthen those that are fearful in heart. I mean, when the, when the nation of Rhodesia finally went and uh, the Lancaster House Agreement came and we had to hand the nation over to the next government, we had a plan B, a military coup. We all knew about it. And then somebody paid the, 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 the commander of our military a lot of money to say, no, we're not. We are handing it over. I was in that room where all those, all those military men were, a fighting machine un, unprecedented to equal anything else. About 3,000 of us in one room. And when that brigadier got up there and says, there is no plan B, we're going with the, the new elected government. Everybody just dropped. Fear crushed those mighty men right there. That time is when my faith rose up and I could speak hope into these guys' lives. I could speak a a promise that God is with us. And for two weeks, we ferried everything we had out of that nation, burnt everything because all our lives were on the line. You talk about a fear that grips you. You've got to guard your heart with all diligence. So watch what you listen to and what what you look at. And I want to just tell you, Adjust your focus, adjust your tension, adjust what's running around in your head. Watch how you speak. I'm giving you tools that'll help you in 2023. I'm giving you tools. Grab yourself, arrest your mouth, arrest your thinking. Say no. Sometimes I'm driving down the road and thoughts are neither right nor wrong is what you do with them. And suddenly I would say no. Valerie would get a fright or whoever's with me because I'd have to speak out loud and say no to the thinking. Because I'm trying to guard my heart, trying to guard my heart. You can't think of two things at one time. Do you know that? Ladies, I know that you multitask and I know you can do a whole lot of stuff, but you can't think of two things at one time. It's like trying to say two words at one time. Funny enough, I saw a guy put six words together in one word. Namin. <laughs> Namin. Have you heard of Namin? Do you know what I mean? Namin. So there is. An exception to the rule. No, I mean, you know what I mean. So what are you strewing about? What are you brewing about? What are you fretting about? What are you anxious about? It's going to tell on you. It's going to affect you. It's going to sink your boat. But I tell you what, when we're walking into what God Christ has obtained for us, man, we're going to pull up our bootstraps and go for it and tell just... Just give you some guidelines because I'm telling you what, we've got to bring our households back into order. We've got to bring our lifestyles back into order. We can't allow the things of this world to dictate how we're going to live our lives. But Deuteronomy, God announces to them, He says, I must, you must, <laughs> I love this, it's a, you must commit yourself wholeheartedly to these commands that I, I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Are you saying anything to your children? Well, please say them again and again. Talk about them when you are at your home and when you are at your, on the road and when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. What are you talking about? You can talk about what Christ has obtained for us and that's what we're walking towards. That's what we're going for. You can tell them of the goodness of God. You can tell them of the testimonies of, of the things that God has done in our lives and your life and we need to tell them. He goes on, now that's Deuteronomy 6. Deuteronomy 11, he says the same. So, I commit you, so commit yourself wholeheartedly to these words of mine. Tie them around your hand. I see people, WWJD, what did Jesus do? Wear them on the forehead. 
Put a sticker there. And so what does that say? Fear not. <laughs> Put whatever sticker you want on your forehead. As a reminder, teach them to your children. Talk about them when you are on the, in your home and when you are on the road and when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. Psalm 119 says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you, that I might not be bewitched by the enemy, lured away by the enemy, paralyzed by the enemy. Why? Because Jesus, even he, had to face the enemy and say, it is written. It is written. I'll tell you. So Philippians 4.17 so the house divided. You can't have this mixed. Yes, I'm believing God. No, I'm not believing God. Yes, I'm believing God. Yes, God. Yes, yes, no, yes. No, you can't. House divided against itself cannot stand. Scripture says that. Philippians says, fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, and lovely, and admirable. Think about these. They are excellent and worthy of all praise. Psalm 1 verse 2, delight in the word of the Lord, meditate on it day and night. Church, can I? Th- I hope I've thrown it as hard as I can, but we've got to get a grip of ourselves because there's, there is there is something that Christ has obtained for us that He wants to walk us to walk in, and we can't sell ourselves short. Do not be ignorant of what is in the ticket. What is in the ticket? How do we live in what Christ has obtained for us? Well, we got worship. Let's get our worship on. Let's put ourselves in that realm where we are knowing the God in whom we worship. Let's get our prayer together and gather it. Even if it's men, if I, you don't pray at all, just start with a couple of minutes. Just start and say, God, do you know you need to pray before you pray? Say, God, I, I need to pray, but I don't quite know what to pray. And suddenly the whole flow of thoughts will come your way, and then you say, okay, I have a whole shopping list I can pray on, what, what, should, what do I need to pray on? So I pray before I pray. And then when I get to pray, he tells me what to pray in that situation. So as you evolve and grow in prayer, so let's be continuous in prayer. And then God's word, let's get meditating on God's word. Let's get to Barry's Bible study and listen. Why, are you, why am I still sitting here on Wednesday night listening to John? I've read it a hundred times. Why? Because I've never end learning. I'm not, not going to be passively sit back. I'm going to find every opportunity to learn the Word of God and continually refresh myself. So sometimes I have to regain areas where I think, man, I'm backed off there. I need to press hard. So church, it's a great day to be alive. Hey, Amen. It's a great day to be alive. And we're not backing down, backing off for nothing for 2023. Man, we're stepping on the gas. We are stepping on the gas. Jason, you and your team. Come and strike the ivories, hit the notes, jam in G, whatever you need to do. But Holy Spirit's been talking to us while I've been, and it's amazing how Holy Spirit can talk to you. Some people come and say to me, you know, it's just amazing. I never knew this and this and this, and I know know that not one one of those is in my notes. And I know I didn't say anything, but Holy Spirit will... He'll turn anything I say into what you need to hear. And he's been saying things to you that you need to hear because this military army is not backing down in 2023. No matter where you find yourself, church, we are going to pull up our bootstraps and we're going to press forward for the king and the kingdom. For he's worthy of our praise. Man, he launched a major assault against the enemy when he came to planet Earth. 
Man, he had the, oh, we were in our book club yesterday. Though it says the water wasn't even dry from his water baptism when the Holy Spirit says, okay, your first battle's in the wilderness, off you go. And the, led by the Holy Spirit, he went in to the wilderness, a place which barren, a place where it's spiritual, it, it's spiritual destitute, it, where the demonic evolved. That's where they led him. Why? Because he had to challenge Satan straight on from the get-go. And we have that same spirit that baptized Jesus right there and filled him, quickened him, empowered him, and led him. We have that same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead in us. So we don't, we're not going into a war zone unequipped. And we have to do it as a family, as a body, as, and, and, and people that are, are strong believers. But some of you haven't even bought the ticket. You don't know what I'm talking about. You say, what world is this guy coming from? And if you don't know Jesus, I'll tell you what. It's time to get the ticket. Time to buy in and, and realize that Jesus is for you. He's purchased something that only he could do. And he's made available free for all of us who would accept him. And so Jesus wants to take you into 2023 and allow you to live in the full fullness of what he's obtained for us. The joy the freedom, the absolute goodness. Yes, we're going to have battles. Yes, we're going to have bumps. Yes, we're going to have losses. Yes, we'll even have deaths. But I can't lose. I cannot lose, church. I win. Take my life and I still win. I'm not backing down for nothing. It's time to stand. Stand hard. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, we thank you. Father, I thank you that, the, that you would anoint people, quicken people by the Holy Ghost to carry what you have obtained for us into a needy dying world, that you would, they would be carriers of your life, of your purpose, of your plans my God, that you would uh, uh, give them authority to announce things over lives and to pray things into existence and to, to see your kingdom come visibly right in front of them when, when, when the deaf hear and the, and the lame walk and the blind see and the sick are healed, my God, and provision comes supernaturally. My God, we know then, as Jesus said to, to, to John the Baptist's disciples, come, the, the kingdom of God has come. And today, Father, I declare that over this church, over this family, those that are listening to us by podcast, I announce the kingdom of God and its full authority on our lives to walk into 2023, carrying your full grace for your full power, my God, that we may bring glory to a king that's deserved all the glory. And so, Father, we thank you. Thank you that we walk in there. But Father, for those that have never responded or even realized that you were there, and if you're the one of those and in the sound of my voice and you haven't, uh, you haven't known that Christ died for you, paid for your sin, made a way that you could have access to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, to a God who absolutely loves you. You say, well, you don't know what I've done. He doesn't care what you've done. He loves you. And if you find yourself and you have never responded to Christ, you may have heard about it and you're giving your life to the Lord and being born again. It's basically you're inviting Jesus into your life. He comes, takes residence, and He walks with you and He talks with you. He leads you in prayer. He leads you in worship. He holds your heart so you wouldn't be fearful. He will take you to your destiny and your calling. And if you have not responded to that, we as a church are going to pray out loud right now and then it just invite Christ into your life. And you pray with us.
God will meet you where you're at. So church, would you pray with me? Say, Jesus, I believe that you're the Son of God and that you died on that cross for me, that you paid for my sins. Today, I thank you for forgiving my sins. Today, I accept you as Lord and Savior of my life. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. While your heads are still bowed and your eyes are still closed, if you prayed that, just pop your hand up and down. Prayed that. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Yes, 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 and yes. Wow. Yes. You got the ticket. The meals come with it. The ballroom dancing, the variety concerts, everything comes with it. Even Starbucks coffee. Hallelujah. No, yes coffee. No, not even today. Sorry about that. Oh, yes coffee is in Canada, so they're coming back soon. If you prayed that prayer, I tell you what, there's a whole lot of angels cutting it loose on heaven because they are happy because Christ is smiling. He says, you're so worth it. What I went through Calvary and died on the cross, you're so worth it. And he welcomes you into his arms and into his family. And if you find yourself in a place where, Father, I need to, I need to run into 2023 and I've really got a few things that I need to deal with. I want to take advantage right now with the anointing that's here. Present it to him right now. In a whisper, in a voice, just announce it and say, God, this is my hang-up with what Rod's saying. I can't run because I've got this weight. I've got this thing that I've got to cut loose. This is dead weight. This is holding me back. Be real with the Father. He actually knows everything already. He knows how to read minds. You know that. In fact, He reads hearts better than minds. So He knows where your heart's at. So Father, I thank You. As we still ourselves this moment, we just thank You that we cast our cares upon You for You care for us. I thank you that we're casting off the weights of those things that have held us back are concerning us, are anxious, and, and have us holding back. Even sins that just keep crawling back on us, Father. 2023, we're shaking it off. We're cutting loose. We thank you for the power of the Holy Ghost now to come upon all these situations and these circumstances, whether it be health, whether it be financial, whether it be career, whether it be relational, my God, you're more than enough to come right in and make the difference. And I pray for this family. I pray for those watching online. I pray that you set us free, that we may walk in everything you obtained for us at Calvary. In Jesus' name. All God's people said, amen, amen. Just